Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I am your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here on The Truth, back with another episode of 32 Teams in 32 Days. Episode number 26, as we are talking about the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs. I hope you guys are excited to dive deeper into the Chiefs and see if the Chiefs are going to be able to, to go for something like another Super Bowl with Patty Daddy at the quarterback position. Kansas City is quite interesting for those of you that are new to 32 teams in 32 days. Let me give you guys a brief rundown on how this podcast works. We'll first go over our three key players. After we go over our three key players, we'll go over our bust, our breakout player, our sleeper player, our team MVP, two key draft picks as well as offseason moves, three keys to success, and a divisional prediction. Joined once again by AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great as well. It should be interesting to see what happens with the Chiefs this season. Let's go ahead and dive into it. Give me your three key players for the Chiefs going into this year. So, first off, I have to go with uh, Daddy Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's arguably going to have one of the best careers ever as a quarterback. Uh, I mean, he's definitely already on his way. Already having, what, two Super Bowls? two MVPs, something along those lines, three MVPs, I don't even know at this point. Yeah, Mahomes, best quarterback in the league. He's in a echelon, he's in a tier all by himself right now in the league. Same with the tight end, you're going to have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's all good tight ends, but I think Kelsey also holds that echelon of being the number one uh, tight end in the league, and no one's super close to him. Yeah, you could make, you can maybe make an argument with someone who's going to be closer, but I don't know, I think that He's easily one of the best ones and probably has one of the best sports podcasts out there at this point <laughs> than his brother. And then Chris Jones, uh, DT. The only problem with Chris Jones is, is he going to play? He def- he said that he was going to hold out, I believe, until the trade deadline uh, if he doesn't get traded or doesn't get a contract. And great, he's still only 29 years old. I feel like he's been in the league forever, drafted back in 2016. Last year had 15 and a half sacks, which tied a career high. Uh, four pass deflections, two forced fumbles, uh, 44 combined tackles, 17 tackles for loss, 29 QB hits, finished third in defensive player of the year, played all 17 games. That's been one of his big things. He's been really consistent when he's on the field, and he's been healthy for most of his career. So, yeah, those are my top three. Chris Jones could tr- could be uh, exchanged out for someone else, but if he does play, he's definitely up there. Yeah, I think it's obvious for the first two here. My first is going to be Patty Daddy. I mean, Patty Daddy is insane. We've seen what he's able to do. If you guys watched the Netflix documentary quarterback, this goes to show how, I mean, especially in that playoff game when he was dealing with an injury and able to just compete like the way that he was. 2018 had over 5,000 yards, same with last year. Had 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions last year. What really strikes me with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs as a whole was everyone thought they were done when they got when they lost Tyree Kill. But they really stepped up to the plate. And honestly, for me, besides Travis Kelsey, yeah, you had Juju and a couple other guys. But they didn't have really too many offensive weapons to, like, be as good as they once was, or once were, I should say, when they had a guy like Tyree Kill. So just to even see the success that they had last season in and of itself speak volumes. Patrick Mahomes is only 27 years old. Feels like, again, he's been in the league forever, but he really hasn't. He's 27 years old, entering his seventh NFL season, his sixth full-time as a starter and yeah everything's going great for Patrick Mahomes this year again I feel like they lost Juju well they lost Juju but I feel like they don't have a lot of weapons on the offensive side but who knows I mean this is how Patrick Mahomes operates he runs 
weirdly he's able to throw with his other hand. He does things that you just don't see at the quarterback position. So I'm really curious to see if he's going to have another MVP type season. Next is going to be Travis Kelsey. I mean, this is the best tight end in the league, regardless of if he was on the Chiefs or not. His last seven seasons, he's had over a thousand receiving yards, had 12 touchdowns last year, 11 in 2020, 10 in 2018. Has stayed relatively healthy throughout all that time too. And Again, he's just a very big compliment to Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense. Last year, 110 receptions, 152 targets, both for career highs, just because, again, losing Tyree Kill and all the targets that he had possessed there, too. So I like Travis Kelsey a lot. I don't like his draft position in fantasy, usually like the number four, number five spot. And um, that's the one thing that does concern me with Travis Kelsey. But all in all, I'm really thinking that he's going to be able to have another good season. And even if he wasn't with the Chiefs, I still think he'd be extremely productive. He had that one game where he had four touchdowns. He's a guy that's a good tight end. He's able to pass catch really and then have good hands and obviously run routes effectively. And that's why he had success. It's not just because he has Patrick Mahomes. He is a very reliable tight end. It would be curious to see, though, if he was on a different team, especially at this point in his career where he's 33 years old. Be curious to see, but again, this is a guy they drafted in the third round, 63rd overall. So he's had a great career with the Chiefs thus far. And then, as you had mentioned, Chris Jones, I had him as a key player, but I put an asterisk next to his name just because we don't know. So he's willing to hold out to like what week eight or the trade deadline, which is kind of funny because you look at a team like the Chiefs and he's already got his rings. Like, this is where people get greedy and they're like, all right, now I either want my money or I want out because. I mean, that's just how it works. A lot of people are going for their ring, and then they get the ring, and then they just want money, which I guess is part of the business, et cetera. But Chris Jones has to be there for the Chiefs defense to thrive. There's another guy that I added. is Justin Reed, safety. He's a guy that, again, could break out and continue to have a successful career this far. He's only 26 years old, had a tied second best in tackles yes, last season at 83. A guy that's not going to take away the ball too much. I mean, he had three interceptions and then two in his first two seasons, but only had two in his last three. But he's a guy that's going to be a good safety for the Chiefs and a guy that, again, if Chris Jones is out, I think he gets highlighted a little bit more. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs as a whole, they are pretty solid on the offensive side, obviously. Their defense is pretty good, too. But a lot of guys just need a kind of hit to have success. And I think Justin Reed is one of those guys that's going to be able to hit. But like I said, if they're able to have Chris Jones as well, having Chris Jones as well as Justin Reed is going to open so much more opportunities for them to have success. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen there with the Chiefs defense going into this season. And if they do end up paying Chris Jones, how much of an impact he does make. And hopefully it's sometime soon because they wouldn't want to wait till, you know, trade deadline when they should be competing for something just fine. But just kind of the sheer nature of things is always concerning to see. All right, go ahead and give me your bust. So for me, my bust, I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, we've seen it time and time through now. The Chiefs just run, go through their running backs like it's nothing. They just go draft another guy after two years of whoever they had uh, having somewhat a good season or having success there. And we've seen that now with Isaac, I, with Pacheco, sorry. Uh, with Pacheco now being there, I think that takes a, a lot away from Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And also having Jarrett McKinnon, we saw how well he played, uh, especially in the receiving side of the backfield. McKinnon is definitely going to be used in primarily that role. And then Isaiah, Isaac Pacheco being the other main down back. I mean, he just runs like, like if you just watch him run, it seems like he hates the ground every step he like, <laughs> takes. Like he just digs his foot in and then just tries to kill everyone when he runs. And I think that's going to push Clyde Edwards to layer out. I mean, we saw it with Kareem Hunt when they basically, after having his rookie of the year type season and, 
I think on opening night uh, with the Chiefs Patriots or whatever it was, he had like three touchdowns, 200 yards in his debut, and they just moved on from him like it was nothing. So, yeah, <laughs> I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be that odd, one, odd man out at this season for them. Yeah, I feel like they haven't had a consistent running back since Jamal Charles, which felt like forever ago. For me, I mean, yeah, that's an obvious one, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm also going to go with Isaiah Pacheco, and this might come as a surprise to some, but if you guys have listened to any of the running back tier shows that we've done or anything that I've talked about Isaiah Pacheco, I just feel like it's going to be another thing with the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire situation that it was for Isaiah, for Isaiah Pacheco this season. They cycle through running backs yearly, and they feel like they cycle through wide receivers, they cycle through running backs, defensive guys as well, and they're just cycling through a bunch of positions, but a, a particularly the running back position. You mentioned the Kareem Hunt situation, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He was a guy that a lot of people were like, okay, this might be the next running back for the Chiefs, and then he just fell off a grid. I think it's not going to be as much of Isaiah Pacheco because I'm not – like liking their running backs as a whole, I'm really high on Jarek McKinnon. If there's one running back I'd like for fantasy purposes, it's going to be Jarek McKinnon. You look at Isaiah Pacheco last season, had 170 carries for 830 yards and five touchdowns, but only 13 receptions for 130 yards. I mean, Jarek McKinnon is the guy that's going to be receiving back. They obviously pass a lot because they have Patrick Mahomes, and so I just think all signs lead towards Jarek McKinnon compared to Isaiah Pacheco. But who knows? I think you got to wait a period of time to kind of see, okay, are they going to use Pacheco for another year or a year after that? Are they just going to be one and done with running backs and cycle them in year in and year out? And a healthy Jarek McKinnon is scary. I've seen that firsthand with the Minnesota Vikings. He didn't really seem to ever kind of be healthy with the 49ers. And with the Chiefs, he kind of just rose to the fantasy ranks, especially towards the end of last season. But Jarek McKinnon's a guy that could get eight receptions a game and then run the ball and the clips too. So I think they're going to continue to utilize Jarek McKinnon more. In my opinion, they're going to utilize the best running back that helps complement Patrick Mahomes in the passing offense. And in my opinion, that's Jarek McKinnon. So obviously Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who knows? Maybe he might be the next best running back for the Chiefs this season. But I definitely would shy away from Isaiah Pacheco, especially where he's getting drafted as an ADP right now. So I uh, I would definitely stay away from him. But he is a guy that maybe if he has success this year, then it's a running back pro se for the future. So we'll see. Uh, but for me, I'm not a big Isaiah Pacheco fan. All right, go ahead and give me your breakout player. So my breakout player, I have Sky Moore. I mean, I think this is a little more of an obvious one here. Last year, played 16 games, only started three, 22 receptions, 250 yards, no touchdown. Did have three rush attempts for 24 yards, which we know the Chiefs, they like just kind of mess around, just do random plays where they have their uh, those sweeps where they just have their wide receivers come back and be basically like a running back. At some point, the last year in the playoffs, uh, I believe it was in the Super Bowl, he had his first career receiving touchdown. In three games, he didn't start any of those, but had five receptions, 17 yards, the one touchdown. I think just in that position where there's no other wide receivers on this roster, uh, they did go get one in the draft, too, I will talk about later. But he's he's about to turn 23 years old. Yeah, you have Travis Kelsey. He's going to be the main target there. But who else is really on this roster? I mean, what, Richie James? Kadarius Tony can steal some targets for sure. Same with Marquez Valdez Scantling. But outside of that, there's not many names on this roster. I think Sky Moore is definitely going to have that opportunity this next year, especially when they invested a second round pick in him just last season. Yeah, Sky Moore is going to be my breakout player as well. I've been a big Sky Moore fan. If you guys have listened to the truth, especially for multiple reasons, but I love Sky Moore as a whole. I mean, this is a guy that I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do here in his second season with the Kansas City Chiefs in his second season in the NFL. Sky Moore is one of those guys that's, I feel like, not necessarily thrown under the radar, 
but he is a guy that has a lot of opportunity to be great. He had 22 receptions for 250 yards and zero touchdowns last season in the regular season. As you mentioned, his first touchdown came in the postseason. But looking at the roster for the Chiefs, I mean, yeah, last season they had Juju, who was fine. He wasn't great uh, for the Chiefs, at least in my opinion. Going into this season, yeah, you got Kadarius Toney, who can arguably be one of the better receivers, MVS. But other than that, there's really no other options at the wide receiver position. And Kelsey's going to be good for 1,000 yards, but Mahomes throws for 4,800, 5,000 yards a game. So you look at where the yards are going to pass out to be, I think there's a perfect opportunity for Sky Moore to get over 1,000 yards. And he is a deep ball threat. He reminds me a little bit of Tyree Kill as far as his measurables. 5'10", 195, obviously not as short and not as athletic as Tyree Kill, but just in the sheer nature of things. Kelsey's going to be the guy that's over the middle of the field. Sky Moore will be there as well, but he's a guy that's going to be a deep ball thrower as well. He's going to be a guy that, you know, he lights up your phone with a 60-yard touchdown, and that's going to how he's going to be uh, rack up his yards. Is he maybe not as much reception-wise? Yeah, there's some potential there, but especially if you're in a non-PPR league, that's one of the things that I love about Sky Moore. If you're in a PPR league, it doesn't matter. You're just not going to probably get 10 receptions a game. You might get four or five, but I think, you know, the yards would be up to 80, 100, even a couple of touchdowns a game. So there's a lot of opportunity for him to uh, to be great and have a successful campaign. So as we both have mentioned, we're both really high on Sky Moore. All right, go ahead and give me your sleeper player. So my sleeper player is Jerk McKinnon. I feel like we just keep on going back and forth about the players that we like and where they're spotting onto this team. But McKinnon last year, uh, more of that receiving threat, had 56 receptions, 512 yards, nine receiving touchdowns. Uh, with 291 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. And it seems like this is definitely the direction they want to go is more that receiving back. Uh, granted, they're going to probably mix mix and match with Clyde and uh, Pacheco. Pacheco probably going to take more of the lead roles. But again, McKinnon's going to be that main receiving back. Yeah, he's missed two years in the past because of injury. I believe it was 2018 and 19 with the two years he missed. Uh, but he's only 31. I feel like he would be a lot older than that originally a third-round pick back in 2014. I mean, he's, what, going into year – he's only played – this will be year eight of actually playing, but he's been in the league for pushing, what, nine, ten years now at this point. Uh, yeah, he's just more the receiving back, and that's definitely a direction it seems like they want to go. They used him a lot last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep on using him. They just have two other, quote-unquote, bigger name running backs ahead of him, but people are definitely overlooking his uh, receiving ability, especially in fantasy. For me, I'm going to go with a bit of maybe a wild card in George Carla Fittis. I can never say his name correctly. Out of Purdue, 30th overall pick back in 2022. Last season played in all 17 games for the Chiefs in the defensive end position. Had 33 tackles, six sacks, and two fumble recoveries. I think going into this year, especially with Chris Jones potentially being absent, even if Chris Jones is there, there's a lot of opportunity for him to have success in the defensive end position. The other defensive end, Charles Omi-Ihu, is currently suspended. So there's just a lot of opportunity and a lot of opportunity for George Karlofitis. I saw him a lot at Purdue because, obviously, I played Purdue. And he was very successful. He's one of the guys that was more athletic for the Purdue defense and one of those guys that you're kind of excited to see kind of how he's going to be able to get back to the backfield, how fast he gets there as well, which is something I think that separates him. But – like I said, going into this year, I think he gets upwards eight and a half, maybe nine, ten and a half sacks as well and picks up the touchdowns a little bit as well. But for his 
rookie campaigner, his first season per se, the stats that he had there, I think only amplifies his ability to perform going into this season. So it's going to be pretty cool to watch him perform, especially if Chris Jones is absent and, and kind of seeing the dominant force that he can be on the defensive side. I think I know, but who's your team MVP? Uh, I, I don't know. It's between two guys, but I think I have to go with Mahomes here. I mean, as exactly as talk, I mean, talk for itself. I mean, already a five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP. Last year, 5,200 yards, 41 touchdowns. Obviously, he had his uh, big MVP year, his first full year where he had the 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. And I'm going to go on a limb and say he's going to win back-to-back MVPs, which I don't know, I don't know, maybe not the biggest limb. I think a lot of people have Josh Allen thinking that he's going to win MVP. I think Mahomes is going to push that 50 touchdown mark again and push 5,500 yards this year. I don't know if that's uh, a lot to say there. I mean, that's definitely going to break his record of 5,200 yards just last year by 300. Uh, 50 touchdowns, I mean, he's already done that. But I feel like Mahomes will be able to do that. I mean, he's got more of the receiving options now. Like I mentioned, McKinnon's finally there. I mean, he had nine receiving touchdowns last year. He's got two more wide receivers they did last year. Yeah, you don't have Tyree Kill anymore, but you still have Kelsey. You have your rookie, Rasheed Rice. You have other guys who are on this roster. I mean, like guys like Sky Moore, who's probably going to have as my breakout. I think he's in a prime spot to probably win another MVP this year. I mean, it feels like he's always in a prime spot to do that, though. Yeah, I mean, my team MVP is going to be Mahomes. I feel like a lot of people, including myself, like to write him off, per se. And, oh, we can't win another MVP. Oh, we can't win another Super Bowl, but I mean, he's, he just does it, and he's just so good at what he does. It's so hard to not vote him every year when you have over 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns or whatever it is. And going into this year, I think it's going to be a lot of the same. You know, for the Chiefs, there's a lot of question marks. They lost Eric Bannemi, which um, he was one of the reasons for the Chiefs' success. Now Andy Reid's you know, obviously called the plays or whatever, but the philosophies that Bannemi had not followed. I mean, then you lose guys like Juju and – they lost Tyree Kill previously. And so there's a lot of question marks surrounding the Chiefs offense this year. But the one consistent guy has been Patrick Mahomes. And I think will continue to be Patrick Mahomes, especially going into this year. That's why I think that there's a lot of expectations for him to potentially make another run at a MVP or whatever it is that he's able to do. But he is going to be the team MVP for the Chiefs. I think he does get close to 5,000 yards again. I mean, just how he rolls. He'll run the ball efficiently too and have some good rushing attacks and uh, touchdowns as well. So, yeah, it's pretty hard. I feel like he's a guy that's going to have three, four more MVPs, maybe even at least in his career, and obviously a couple more Super Bowls as well. As well. But where he's at trajectory-wise, I mean, 27 years old, he's in a prime position. And so I'd be curious to see as time goes on what happens. You never really can say, but I never really can know. But he's a guy that I'm really excited to watch this season, as every time I'm excited to watch Patrick Mahomes. All right, go ahead and give me your two key draft picks. So my first one, I have to go with their second-round pick, Rasheed Rice, out of SMU wide receiver. Last year had 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. year before that, his junior turned 70 yards, nine touchdowns. I mean, he just scores. That's all he does. Uh, Last two years, uh, both playing 12 games, 19 combined touchdowns. Just over 2,000 yards there receiving. I think that's going to be a huge threat for Mahomes, uh, especially with some of the numbers that he's able to put up. Mahomes, just what he's able to do. And next up, uh, 
I have uh, offensive lineman, I believe, third-round pick, uh, Wania Morris out of Oklahoma, originally committed to Tennessee. Again, they missed – or they lost one of the big-name offensive linemen this past offseason in Orlando Brown Jr. So, they only get a guy to replace him. They also got another guy in free agency, Jawan Taylor, to help there. But Orlando Brown Jr. is a big player that they lost. Uh, same with Andrew Wiley. Uh to Washington and be able to go get a big, another offensive lineman, another big guy down the trenches, be able to protect Mahomes. That's going to be the biggest thing for them. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with their first round selection, Felix and Jake Uzama, defensive end from Kansas State. You look at a guy like him, as well as George Kalafatis, there is an explosive young guns in the defensive end position now. And out of Kansas State, had a really good season last year. He's a projectable prospect. And again, Defense is one of the things that's obvious for the Chiefs that they can improve. They had to improve anything. And if he's able to be there as well as Chris Jones, I mean, that is a really scary defensive line. I feel like the Chiefs, every draft, are going to really focus on the defense because they have their quarterback for the rest of their life. Well, at least as long as he's able to play. Yeah, Travis Kelsey's getting up there in age, but it seems like he hasn't missed a beat yet. He is 33 years old. They have wide receivers and running backs. They cycle in year in and year out, but the consistency has to come from the defensive side. I'm looking at a guy like him paired alongside um, Carla, Carla, I can't even say it. It's going to just give me brain aneurysm. Uh, and I think this is a really dangerous defensive end duo that they do have and they do possess. So getting him in the first round, especially out of Kansas State in the season that he had yet last season was something that I was very high on. And then I'm going to go with their fourth rounder, Chamari Connor, cornerback from Virginia Tech. One of the reasons why I do like him is the fact that he is a ball hawk. And he is vulnerable in the running game, losing tackles, which is something that is going to be maybe a detriment to his game. But you have a lot of people on the defensive side that can make the tackles. You got Justin Reed, who can do it, Legereus Sneed, Brian Cook, Trent McDuffel. And maybe he doesn't have a, a, a season this year. Maybe he isn't very, you know, he doesn't play a lot of games this year. But he is a guy that you can kind of build around on the defensive side and go back to, you know, winning games from using the defense and, and setting up Mahomes on the offensive side. But he is a ball hawk. And getting the ball in Mahomes' hands, taken away from the other team, is something that the Chiefs obviously have a lot of success with. And going into the season, and even down the line, I think it's a good future prospect that they can kind of filter in the mix here and there. All right, go ahead and give me your two key offseason moves. So the first one, I'm going to have to go with Juwan Taylor, uh, offensive lineman at it was originally with Jacksonville, signed a four-year, $80 million deal. Uh, right now, he's listed as a right tackle there. I think he's probably going to be sliding over to left tackle to replace Orlando Brown Jr. Protecting Mahomes is going to be a big thing. We, we've seen him scramble. We've seen him get out of trouble. I mean, if we're able to just keep him on his feet and not have to make him scramble, just imagine how deadly he'll have to be. I mean, we've seen it when he does scramble. This is the place he's able to make. And next up, I have – sorry, my list went away. Uh, Charles o- Olamu. I I'm not going to pronounce – even come close to pronouncing that correctly. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. That that was bad on my part. I'm there's sorry. a lot of there's a lot of tongue twisters. I feel like on this Chiefs team as a whole. Like, I've been struggling saying their names as well. I don't know why. It's the one team I can't can't figure out how to say everyone's names with. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but he's a defensive lineman. Uh, was with uh, the Texans, then the Niners, and then the Chiefs. Uh, now, now signing the Chiefs, he's 26, or 25, 26 years old, just turned 26. Last year in 17 games, only started three, four and a half sacks, uh, two, 20 combined tackles, three tackles for loss, one pass deflection, one forced fumble. 
I mean, this is one of those guys that, again, coming out of one of those 49er systems or the Steelers system, one of those guys who are their mid-20s, who always find a way to get onto another team and make it. I feel like that's just what he's going to do, especially if Chris Jones is out. Uh, some of the other guys that they've lost, I think that he's going to come in and be one more of those plug-and-play type guys. For me, I'm going to go ahead and go with Jawan Taylor, tackle from the Jags. I mean, for me, I didn't really like this per se. I mean, I didn't dislike it, but I thought it was kind of weird, especially with what they signed him with, as you had mentioned. He is 25 years old, so he's got a lot of opportunity to grow, and he was a first – well, he was a second-rounder, but early in the second-round selection, and I guess you want to build – you know, some young guys, especially at the tackle position, to have some consistency in protecting Mahomes. I just thought it was a bit interesting. I think they had some money to play with, per se, and they had an opportunity to take some risks like they were here. But for me, I think he's poised to have a good career, especially he sticks with Kansas City. I mean, he had a good season last year defending for Trevor Lawrence and helping him thrive and, and all that jazz. So I guess there's a lot of potential for him to be great. I just think it's a little bit too risky, especially with all the money that they signed him with. But it is one of those things that if it does end up work, then they're going to pay off tremendously there. Look at the defense, or the offensive line, Jawan Taylor, Donovan Smith, Roman, the tackles. They got Creed Humphrey at center, Joe Thune and Trey Smith at the, the guards. So who really knows? But it feels like you don't even need an offensive line with Patrick Mahomes because he'll just run out of the pocket and make noise for himself there. And then the other guy that I liked as far as the offseason move was Donovan Smith, another tackle for the Buccaneers. I mean, he protected Brady. I think he's a perfect fit for the Chiefs offense. He still has more time in his quote-unquote prime. Donovan Smith, where he's at in his career, he's only 30 years old, which is a little bit older for an offensive lineman, but paired alongside Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor, that's two tackles you can use for three, four years effectively, and he can continue to mentor a guy like Jawan Taylor and have success there. So, it's kind of a win-win. They upgrade their tackle positions, which I always say if you want to have success passing the football, A, have Patrick Mahomes, but B, build your tackles up. Because especially with some of the high prolific defensive ends that jump off the edge for the Chargers, the Raiders, and even maybe the Broncos, it's nice to have athletic tackles that are able to kind of set the edge and then really hold things firm for their offense. And that's why offenses are usually able to thrive, especially passing offenses by having good tackles. So they did a little bit of both there, and they just got to continue to improve some of their other assets of their team, and then they'll be just fine. And they already are, but I'm just saying moving forward. All right, go ahead and give me your three keys to success. So my first one is beat the Bengals. I mean, we've heard Bengals fans call uh, call Burrowhead now. Uh, no, Chiefs fans aren't a fan of that, but be able to just beat the Bengals. I mean, they're coming up not being – one of the big rivals now coming out uh, of that side of the playoffs. Uh, be able to just beat them every year. I mean, it's going to be hard, but it's definitely going to be an offensive shootout. Next one, we need the wide receiver to show up, wide receiver play to show up consistently. I mean, they, we've seen it, the team just filter through wide receivers. Outside of Tyreek Hill, there really hasn't been a number one wide receiver. I mean, we've seen Juju there uh, at some point. We've seen other guys. Just filter through. We thought guys like uh, MVS were going to be the number one. We thought Tony was going to destroy when he got there. We thought Sky Moore would probably have a bigger impact than he did. I mean, it would just because this is why I was here to play. You know, you're going to get Kelsey every week. It's just we need a wide more than one wide receiver show up each week. I mean, there's enough talent there for that to happen. And next, what next up is the new O line uh, additions. I mean, like you mentioned before, Juwan Taylor. Uh, other guys along that along that line where the O line needs to show up. I mean, Donovan Smith, the lost guys, Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew Wiley. I mean, just losing some of those key offensive linemen 
and now getting a new guy to be able to replace uh, Wyman Morris that you drafted, you need them to protect Mahomes. I mean, like I mentioned before, if you keep Mahomes not from having to scramble, imagine how much more deadly he can be instead of having to run for his life and then just throw it up and <laughs> somehow finding a wide-open wide receiver. Yeah, so my first key to success is pretty pretty short and, and pretty quick. It's Mahomes. I mean, <laughs> that's the bottom line. You have a, one of the best players of all time at the moment in Patrick Mahomes. So him running the football, him throwing the football is the obvious key to success for the Chiefs. Next, I got the offensive success without Eric Bieniemy. I mean, whether they want to admit it or not, losing Bieniemy does hurt the Chiefs as a whole because he was a very integral part in continuing to develop Patrick Mahomes and some other players on the offensive side there. Yeah, Andy Reid called the plays, but I mean, Bieniemy as well as uh, Andy Reid do both, you know, work on the plays and they work on implementing systems and all that stuff. It's not just Andy Reid, it's not just Bieniemy, but Bieniemy kind of different, brought a different kind of firepower to the Chiefs' offense. So. Being able to have success without the enemy is going to be something that's got to be huge for the Chiefs in order to have success down the line. So that's one of the things that I would look out for is kind of see how the offense does play, especially early on in the season and, and maybe down through the whole entire season, how they're able to play. So we'll see without the enemy. And then I put Chris Jones lead the defense, but if he's not going to be there, then other guys need to step up because there is a pretty solid defense. It's not necessarily the best defense, but it's not the worst. There's a lot of guys that can really make an impact. Their defensive line's good. Their linebacking core is pretty average, and their their secondary is pretty average. So hang in there against the Chargers. Hang in there against the Bengals, and uh, don't let the Bengals run run through Burrowhead pretty easily. So that's one of the biggest things is, yeah, your offense is great. We all know that, but their defense has to be great as well. All right, give me your divisional prediction for the upcoming year. So I have the Chiefs finishing first. Um, it's definitely going to be between the Chiefs and Chargers right now. Uh, the Raiders are not really going to compete in this division, I don't believe. I don't think the Broncos are good enough yet to be able to compete uh, to form them win spot. I mean, you have Mahomes, the most talented quarterback, and a really talented team overall. Yeah, you have Herbert, so, who I believe were both on the train of him winning the MVP this year. But even then, if, even if he wins the MVP, there's a very good chance that the Chiefs is overall are going to win the division no matter what. Yeah, the Chiefs are my favorite to win the division once again. The Chiefs are just the best overall team in this division. I, you know, We'll talk about the Chargers in, in a show or two. I don't remember the top of my head if it's next show or the one after that. But I've obviously said a lot. I'm really excited to watch Herbert. I think he'll be the MVP this year. But regardless, I mean, nobody will replace Patrick Mahomes. And Herbert does have a lot of opportunity to – thrive and the Chiefs aren't going to win the division for the next 10 straight years. I mean, it's possible, but the Chargers are also a really good team as well. So I'm going to go ahead and give the Chiefs with a 13-4 and four record and winning the division this year, but maybe next year, the year after that is when another team like the Chargers, or, depending on the, how things roll out, the Raiders and Broncos for that matter. But Chiefs, this is a big year for them because they, they're coming off another Super Bowl, but they have a lot of question marks on both the offensive side and defensive side. And this is where you're able to really see if the, the Chiefs do need a guy like Tyree Killer. They're just fine rolling with Patty Pat, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey for the foreseeable future. So be really curious to see again as time goes on there. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. 
We do have the Los Angeles Chargers tomorrow and then finishing things off with the Denver Broncos. So I hope you guys do join us for those final two shows here in the division before going over the NFC West, the final division of these 32 teams in 32 days. As I mentioned, make sure you follow the Twitter. Make sure you subscribe for just $2.99 a month. And until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most. Joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.